Hey, greetings everybody. Welcome into this episode of Chamber Chat. My name is Bill Vitiello. I can't believe it. This is going to be like episode nine or ten uh, for this season. So uh, I, I can't wait. We have one more after this. And thank you all for tuning in. Again, Bill Vitiello from the Victory Bank. I'm the Director of Institutional Relationships for them and also the Treasurer for the Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce. And today I'm actually in Phoenixville off of Egypt Road and I'm going to visit Tess at Barry Isaac and Associates. So Haley, roll the intro. Okay, everyone, making our way into Barry Isette and Associates. Like I said, we're going to meet Tess. So let's head inside. Here we are. Let's give a little knock on the door. Hello. Good hey, morning. Tess. How's Come it going? On in. Come on in. How are you? Great. Welcome to Barry Isette and Associates. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah. We got the welcoming committee right here is Diane. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we are standing in our Phoenixville, Pennsylvania office. Um, it's a pretty quiet day today. We got a lot of folks out in the field. Um, but come on in, let me show you around. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. First, I'm looking at all your um, hard hats and everything here. So what is this? Uh, oh, uh... yes. This is um, just our, our little welcoming display. Um, we have a hard hat here from Alex Ulmer, who's part of our environmental group. As you can see, uh, these are not to be worn in the field. It's uh, got quite a lot of use out of it. Um, but yeah, we've got our mainline chamber of commerce. As you saw, we've got the Tri-County Chamber posted right on the door and up on the top shelf there. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's head into the conference room and chat then. What do you think? Sounds great. All right. All right, so we're moving through the space here uh, on our way up to the conference room. Uh, what, what is all this stuff over here, Tess? So this is, uh, this is Alex Ulmer's desk, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, uh, that's the legend himself? Yep, you saw his hard hat. Um, he is a professional geologist, so he's got some cool fossils, some rocks, a lot of, uh, a lot of trinkets and treasures from all his adventures. That's very cool. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a, a big field office. So we've got our survey group over here. Um, we've got a lot of our code folks that sit over here. Um, it's uh, quite a cold day to be out there, but they're out in the field working hard today. But hey, you got to get stuff done in the field. Absolutely. You can't get it done behind a desk, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Well, let's head up to the conference yeah. room then. Okay, everybody, we're sitting here with Tess. So, Tess, I, I know I've been using your first name, but if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and your position with Barry Isaac, please. Sure. Uh, my name is Tess Dreyer. Um, I'm the operations manager for the environmental department. Um, I've been with ICET for about six years now, and I am based out of the Phoenixville, Pennsylvania office. Nice. And that's, that is where we are recording today. That so, is. Yeah. That so, is. so also tell me, I understand you have an office up in the Lehigh Valley. Is that correct? We so. do. I believe we have about nine offices now. So okay. we now stretch from Scranton, as far north as Scranton, down south to Phoenixville. And then we go all the way out to Harrisburg. And we just opened our new corporate office, which is up off of Crackersport Road. So it's a beautiful office. I encourage anyone to visit. <laughs> Um, and it's really nice. In the old office, I had a desk in the basement. 
And in our new office, I have a window. So it's very exciting to see sunlight. <laughs> nice. That's, that's awesome. So people hear the name Barry Izet and Associates. What do you actually do? I know we kind of went through the space a little bit. And we saw some rocks. And I think you're going to show us a few things, too, uh, in a little while. But tell us what um, you guys do. So the bigger question really is, what don't we do? There you go. <laughs> um, so we have about, I think we have about 12 different disciplines. Um, and Aaron and Jen really like to say that we could do everything except build the building and design the building. So we can do all of the components, the structural components, the MEP components, civil, uh, geotech, environmental. So we could do all of that. We just can't really, you know, make the building look pretty. Um, Aaron and Jen have a much better saying, but we are a multidiscipline engineering firm. Um, so like I said, we have structural, we have MEP, civil, geotech, municipal, wastewater. Um, I'm in the environmental consulting group. So we play a very variety of a very, you know, various roles. And, and I think that's really what I like about it is there's something new you know, every day. So one day I'll be working on a, a stream restoration project. One day I'll be doing a remediation site. One day I'll be doing permitting. One day I'll be doing some due diligence work. It's, it's very different. And, and really the, the variety that ICET has in its discipline and, and the breadth that we can serve is, is pretty fantastic. Um, Kevin likes to call it a one-stop shop. So you can come here and get, you know, a variety of the engineering and there's a little bit there's a, there's different flavors for all of them and we have them all under one roof one which, roof, which right. is really nine <laughs> roofs but right. we have yeah. them all yeah we yeah. get it well it doesn't sound like you you all are bored that's no. for sure no never <laughs> uh, so so i wanted to ask you you kind of got into it a little bit mm -hmm. but i was wondering if you could maybe provide some examples with some of those disciplines that you're talking about. So, you know, the first one you mentioned was a stream restoration mm -hmm. project. So tell me how your firm would work with something yeah. like that. Yeah, so we actually have been doing quite a lot of those. Um, so stream restoration can be a multitude of, of different things. Um, so water moves, water moves a lot. And water is one of the most destructive forces on our planet. So we have all of these beautiful little creeks, but you know, when they start going, they start flowing. Um, so water likes to move things, water likes to jump around. So a lot of the stream restoration work that we're doing is we're kind of restoring these creeks to you know, better serve the communities that they're in. So we have a lot of development. This area is, is ripe with development in the areas that we are in. So we're trying to preserve the amenities and also restore these creeks. So for example, this morning, bright and early, 8 a.m., I was out uh, up in the borough of Fleetwood. Um, oh, yeah. They're implementing some stream restoration measures. The Willow Creek through their borough park is really moving and it's really brought in a lot of erosion, a lot of sedimentation. So what we're doing is we're grading the banks so that there's not this steep erosion cliff. We're building structures to more align the creek so we have J-hooks and cross veins, and the purpose of those is to kind of move the water where you want the water to go. So instead of the water kind of flowing over the banks, we're redirecting it towards the center of the creek. So we've done stream alignments, we've done a lot of work on the banks, so when your banks erode, you know, they're not doing the function that they were intended to. So we're restoring them with lunkers, we're restoring them with different measures to kind of better serve 
the purpose that they were intended instead of just these cliffs that line the creeks. Gotcha. So you were saying some words there that sound like a foreign language to me, mm -hmm. which is why you hire the experts to, mm -hmm. to take a look at things like this. So um, we're going to take a break for just a moment. Haley is going to put up our next event that you guys have to attend. Hopefully we'll see you there and we'll be right back. Sounds great. Join us on Wednesday, June 14th for our Economic Development Luncheon. Luke Bernstein, President and CEO of the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry, will give an update on the Keystone State. Berks County Commissioner Christian Leinbach will also give an update on the Schuylkill River Passenger Rail Authority. At this luncheon, we will also be recognizing our members who are celebrating a significant milestone anniversary this year. For questions regarding this event, please email alice at tricountyareachamber.com. Everybody, we're back here with Tess, uh, with Barry, Isaiah, and Associates. Uh, so Tess, you did bring a little bit of show and tell with you. I'm sure as you go on some of these different, um, I don't know, do you call them calls or site visits, mm -hmm. uh, you find some things maybe? Do you we... want to do a little show and tell there? Absolutely. I brought with me Bambi today. Okay. Um, so this is a deer skull. I'm sure everyone has seen a deer skull um, before, but I actually found this specimen when I was doing a wetland delineation. Um, on staff, we have a professional wetland scientist, Michael Ronco, who's based out of our Stroudsburg office. Um, so we do a lot of wetland delineations to support various forms of development. Um, so before you develop a property, or maybe you're thinking about developing a property, you want to do the appropriate due diligence in looking for wetlands, regulated waters, um, other forms of bodies of water that have um, setbacks. So when you're developing, you know where not to develop. Um, so I found uh, this cool creature when I was doing a wetland delineation up in Hazleton. Um, we do a lot of wetland delineations. Michael is currently working on getting his bog turtle um, assessor status. So we okay. do a lot of bog turtle phase one, which means we're out there looking for habitat of bog turtles. And it could go to a phase two where you're actually looking for the turtles. Um, so yeah, that's just one of the services that we provide. Um, I really enjoy doing it. I love getting out in the field and kind of seeing all the beautiful wetlands um, that our state has to offer. And fun fact, May is American Wetlands Month. Oh, okay. There mm -hmm. you go. Well, this is very timely then. Yes. So what, what impresses me is the level of education that you all need to have when you're doing this. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me what your background is, Tess. Where'd you go to school and what'd you study? Yeah, so I went to the University of Delaware, go Hens. Um, I graduated in 2017 with a Bachelor's of Science in Environmental Science. Um, I minored in Ecoscience. Um, so in my program, you were able to kind of concentrate where you wanted to focus. Um, so I wanted to really focus on ecology. Um, obviously, I love wetland delineations. I love being out in the field. It was something that really drew me to Delaware was the program. And then when I joined ICIT, um, one of the things I really love about this company is how much they encourage um, going and pursuing more education. Mm -hmm. So at ICIT, I was able to get a GIS certificate. Um, I actually went to a 40-hour training for wetlands um, in state college. I was able to get a certification in asbestos um, surveying, which was great. So uh, there's a lot of education that goes um, into this career, but I can also say that the mentors here at ICIT have really provided me fantastic on-the-job training and mentoring. 
That's a great, and it's very important in any kind of business. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's interesting because uh, at the bank too, we believe in a lot of continuing education Absolutely. and learning more about the banking system. Just because I manage the bank's municipality portfolio doesn't mean that I don't have to know about other parts of the bank. Yes. So there's that investment in the employees and, mm -hmm. and the overall knowledge. So you folks aren't compartmentalized necessarily. Mm -hmm. You're somewhat cross-trained. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you bring in some special specialists where, where you need to. Yeah. Uh, certainly. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's the thing about consulting is there's so many different facets. You know, like I was saying, one day you could be doing a wetland delineation. The next day you're assisting a client with a, an, a remediation site. So because it's so multifaceted, we're all kind of cross-training each other. You know, you might specialize in this type of wetland permitting, but I need help with this, this clean fill question. Um, and so I've really appreciated all of the, the guidance that my mentors have provided here. And you, you kind of have to know a little bit of everything to be dangerous. But you know, we know when we know which person to go to in the in the department that has mm -hmm. the specialty. Absolutely. So you're also involved in some continuing education in the chamber. Do I have that correct? Yes. Okay. So what, tell me what you're involved with there. Yeah. So in the chamber, I'm part of Leadership Tri County, um, which has been a fantastic experience getting to know other professionals in the community. Um, it's been a wonderful program. We've gotten to meet not only pro professionals in the community, but also nonprofits, going to different chamber members, businesses, and learning how they are leaders. And I've really learned a lot about myself through this program. Um, I stepped into the operations manager role in 2021. Yeah, my sister graduated college in 2021. <laughs> I remember that. Um, and, you know, I had only been at ICIT about four years at that point, three years. So it was really, you know, it's, I rose to the challenge when it opened up. I knew it was something that I wanted. To, I wanted to grow with ICED. I wanted to keep pursuing um, more. So going through this leadership class, I've learned a lot about myself, a lot of what it takes to be a leader um, and just learning from my classmates, learning from others. Uh, it's been a great experience. I'm also part of the leadership, not leadership, I'm sorry, the Tri-County Young Professionals Group. Oh yeah, YPN, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we were trying to revive the group after COVID. Um, it's mostly, you know, we're, we're trying to get a variety of different um, activities and events. So we've got some networking, some social, some professional development. So we're really trying to like bring back the group, bring a specific committee and group together for just young professionals. You know, the, the Tri-County puts on so many fantastic events. And it's great when young professionals know some, you know, just going into the event. So we're just trying to be a welcoming space and group for other young professionals in the Tri-County. Well, well, you are. And I can also tell you, um, as somebody who's been in the chamber for a little while, that we appreciate that energy. We appreciate that point of view. Yeah. And we need your group mm -hmm. uh, to help us propel the chamber forward, right? Mm -hmm. Like we need, we need those ideas. And we need that passion and that enthusiasm. Yeah, it's we um, in the leadership. We just learned about like multi generational um, the workforce. There's five different generations in the workforce, so it's kind of it's interesting now too to see we have all of these young professionals. And you know, I'm I'm 28, but it's it's great seeing the people that are fresh out of college that are hungry to learn and network and grow. So it's really awesome to see like all of these 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 young people coming in, myself included, mm -hmm. as well as learning from 
you know, everyone else in the chamber, the more seasoned professionals. And, and again, coming back to leadership, learning from them, understanding how they got to be where they are. It's, it's great. And it's been awesome to be a part of the committee. Okay. So earlier we saw Bambi um, <laughs> from one of the sites that Tess had worked on. Uh, but you have some other stuff here, Tess, that you wanted to show us. Yes. I do. I do. Um, so recently, um, I sit reorganized into a couple different divisions. So in the field division, we have our survey group, we have our geotechnical group, we have our forensics group, and we have environmental. So this rock core that I'm holding actually came from our geotech group. Um, so our geotech group will investigate the subsurface of a site to determine the suitability for structures. So they're really looking to see what type of structure do they want to build on the site and what foundation will be suitable in supporting that structure. Um, so when they have uh, bedrock, what they'll do is they will do some rock coring. Um, so there's obviously there's soil and then you've got your bedrock. Um, so that's what this happens to be. It's really cool if you can see you got some laminations in there of different rock types. Um, it's just, it's pretty cool. I thought it would be neat to share. It's, uh, it's definitely cool. It's not every day you see a rock core. So you're talking about what let the laminations, you say those are different types of rock. So it's, it's the same type of rock. It's just, you can see there's different striations in the way that the rock um, has compressed formed. over time. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't exactly know what type of rock this is just by looking at it, but as you can see, you can kind of see the variations and mm -hmm. how the rock Very is formed. Cool. Yeah. I like it. And then what else you got there? You have another rock? This is another rock. Okay. Um, again, this, is, this came from our geotech. Um, when we're out in the field, we, we all find all sorts of really cool things. And you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent for leave no trace, but if you happen to find something pretty neat, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome education piece um, to show people. So we're all big uh, rock fiends in this office. We yeah. have a lot of field folks here. So as you walk around everyone's desk, everyone has a little bit of a different collection. Um, I happen to really enjoy um, skulls. Mm -hmm. Others really like rocks, fossils, and uh, some people like snacks. So that's their uh, that's okay. their treasures. What's the what's the what type of rock is that, or where, do you know where that came from at all? Or I do not know where this came from. This okay. is the part of the collection from our geotech um, group, and they've got all sorts of rock collections. So I just grabbed some of the rocks that I thought were pretty cool. Looks like there's some sort of quartz in here. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's interesting from the geotech perspective because they drill into a lot of different rock types. Um, so they're always finding really cool cores that they love to come back and, mm -hmm. and show people. But they'll, they'll do strength testing um, to determine how, how capable this rock is. Um, we did a cool project up in the Lehigh Valley, which is karst topography. Um, so a lot of limestone, um, which is where, that's why sinkholes are pretty prevalent up there. But it's cool when you're drilling and you feel the voids. So mm -hmm. as you're drilling, you can feel your hammer drop through the void. So you know that you're in, you know, like an underground cave, yeah, which is a little, there, yeah. yeah, a little creepy, but it's still really interesting. Yeah. So, so earlier we were talking about a stream restoration projects. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you were using words that are not in my language, mm -hmm. uh, but off camera, we were talking about a really interesting project that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So go ahead, I'll let you. Yeah. So we did, um, 
really interesting project um, up in the Lehigh Valley. First, we did a phase one, which is just kind of a, a desktop review for due diligence. So we're looking for any environmental issues on the site um, that could pose you know, a concern to development or when you purchase the site, you're purchasing the site's problems. So we did a review of the site and we found one piece of documentation that indicated the site was an old municipal landfill. Um, and we found it was a picture of this landfill and trash just all over the side of the, of the embankment. Mm -hmm. Whoa, what is this? Um, so we did a little bit more digging and we realized that the site, it's, while it's this beautiful, pristine area now, um, it used to be a municipal landfill. Mm. So we did um, test pits, we did soil borings, we did groundwater sampling. We, we turned the site really into Swiss cheese. Um, I think we collected over 300 um, soil oh. samples. Wow, okay. And turns out it was a municipal landfill um, and we, we did the appropriate remediation, um, which involved a cap um, over the site and ended up being able to get a relief of liability, um, which is an act two closure. Um, for the site. So we just made sure that the site had no exposure pathways mm -hmm. and was safe um, for human use. And the client went on to purchase the property and it was, it was a very interesting site because it was just one piece of documentation that really told us what was there. Yeah. So it was, it was cool to see and you just, you never know what's lurking under the subsurface. So it was a, a really good lesson too for the client and the importance of due diligence. So, you know, before you buy these properties, they might look great, they may look pristine, but you never know what that history mm -hmm. would show. Incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, I, you were saying, it's just one part of that entire purchase process mm -hmm. and one part of that in, entire property and to bring you guys in to do all that um, mm -hmm. is obviously necessary. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's, it's definitely important to bring on your environmental team earlier um, in your due diligence process to make sure that you don't have these issues because you know it the environmental issues can can build so identifying them early and being able to address them um, with the right team is is critical and banks have the tendency to ask some questions absolutely <laughs> we certainly absolutely. want to make sure the site is environmentally yes. uh, okay mm -hmm. so all right so Tess we're wrapping up the interview here thank you so much for taking the time if folks wanted to get in touch with you or anybody else, how can they reach you? Absolutely, I'm, I'm a big talker. So I love a phone call. Um, so I'm always available via phone, email. Um, you know, it's, we have a, a general information box on Barry Isid's website that always gets funneled to the correct people. Um, but yeah, I, I love to chat, you know, environmental or not, even just about the chamber of the young professionals or leadership always available to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you for being so open to that. And mm -hmm. thank you for taking the time Absolutely. today. Uh, this was for your first podcast. You did wonderful. Oh, this thank you. Great. Thank <laughs> so. you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Chamber Chat. My name is Bill Vitiello. I'm the Director of Institutional Relationships for the Victory Bank in Limerick. And until we connect again, all my best. Bye for now. Bye. For more information, you can visit www.barryisit.com, email tstrayer at barryisit.com, or call 484-866-4000.
4844. Thank you for watching.